Hello, and welcome to the Strategic Finance Lab podcast, home of Neugroup Group interviews and insights about the future of finance and the office of the CFO. I'm Anthony Michaels, editor of Neugroup Group Insights. In today's episode, recorded during Women's History Month and amid fallout from the crisis of confidence in the global banking system, Neugroup's Nilia Sadies talks to Sandra Ramos-Alves, Senior Vice President and Treasurer of Bristol-Myers Squibb, a role she took on in 2021. After discussing her team's response to fast-moving developments in the banking sector, Sandra describes the career path that led her to running Treasury at one of the world's largest pharmaceutical corporations. It's included positions at various companies in FP&A, internal audit, capital markets, and foreign exchange, with postings in Mexico and Brazil along the way. On a personal level, Sandra tells Nilly about the struggles she faced at times early in her career to balance work and family, and some of the sacrifices she had to make. Today, it's a different story, and because of the immense trust she has in the Treasury team she assembled at BMS, Sandra says she can step away and even take vacations without a laptop. Enjoy the show. Here's Nilly. Sandra, thank you for joining our Strategic Finance Lab podcast at Neu Group. Thank you, Nilly. I'm excited to be here with you today, and I look forward to our conversation. I have to ask, what um, is your what's the impact of the thought process you're having in terms of the impact of the banking crisis on the liquidity and risk management priorities of BMS? Yes. So um, it is definitely top of mind. We, we, have, uh, we are on heightened alert. We are very concerned about our counterparty exposure. We are focused on mitigating exposure. We are a little bit perplexed as to what's happening with the banking sector and today's headline with Deutsche Bank. We do have limited exposure to our bank counterparties, but nonetheless, we do execute uh, derivatives and, and we do have gains. And so we do have exposure. We have a significant amount of cash that we have looked to to put into government money funds, at least in the U.S., where we have the ability to, to, to put that strategy in place. But we do have exposure overseas. It's there's a lot of turmoil in the market that just has repercussions throughout uh, other areas and treasury as we look to mitigate interest rate and FX risk. And so it is keeping us busy on a daily basis. I'm sure it is. And you're already busy. Uh, I want to just kind of quickly stop, congratulate you on your recent promotion to treasurer. Um, And I was hoping we can talk a bit about that role that you're playing, what it entails, what's under your realm, um, and what are some of the um, collaborations and outside treasury work that you're doing right now at BMS? Thank you, Nelly. It's been uh, a a great two years. We've been uh, really busy reimagining our treasury organization and looking to to really build a best-in-class organization that's innovative, uh, utilizing technology, and and looking to streamline and really focus on risk management practices and delivering value for the company. We have a huge focus on our people. So our people and our culture are very important, having the right people with the right mindset, 
is critical to really delivering on every uh, strategic objective of the organization. So we have a fairly comprehensive yet very lean team uh, at BMS with the traditional capital markets umbrella where we have a risk management team, we have a pension, pensions and savings team, we have our international treasury team that is uh, essentially funding uh, all of our uh, offshore subsidiaries and repatriating cash. And um, we have our cash management team, uh, both in the U.S. and in uh, Dublin. So we're supporting our international subsidiaries, as well as our insurance groups. Our insurance team is managing several captives. So we keep very busy with a lot of things on our plate. We are initiating a working capital initiative, uh, which is one of our top priorities uh, for 2023. Uh, we have established the cash leadership office and we are working very closely with our partners across procurement and uh, the accounting organization to try to improve and optimize our cash flow over the next couple of years. We do have a target of recouping at least $400 million, uh, in the next couple of years, although I think we have the opportunity to over-deliver uh, on that objective. It's, it's been a challenge um, because the company does have a lot going on. We are going through a process of reinventing the, the new BMS. We, we are still going through an integration process from the Celgene acquisition in 2019. So there are two very large organizations with uh, two um, ERP systems. So we, we are slowly but surely transitioning from Oracle to, to SAP, but there, there's just a lot of activity uh, when we're looking to also optimize what we're doing. So we're busy, we're having fun, and we're delivering value, but we are highly focused on risk management, particularly in the last few weeks as the banks continue to, to deliver surprises and you know the Fed is busy trying to mitigate risk. So you mentioned in some of the, your work with accounting and procurement, and I want to take us back a bit to the start of your career, and you majored in accounting. So I'm wondering what drove that decision? Um, were you interested in finance early on in your career? Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a little ironic. I didn't really think I knew what I wanted to do. Uh, when I was going to college, but I took an accounting class the se senior year in high school. And for whatever reason, it just clicked. Uh, you know, I liked the debits and credits, everything reconciled, everything you got to zero. It, it just made sense to me. I, I did not know what I wanted to do in, in my career other than work with numbers and finance. And I thought, well, with an accounting degree, you're probably going to have some flexibility to do multiple different things in that world. And so I, I, I went forth and I, when I applied to college, I already had accounting in mind and um, I never changed paths. I, I did ultimately pursue my CPA and I, and I am happy to report that I have done one journal entry in my entire career. So I have never really worked in accounting, but having the understanding and background in accounting has served me quite well. So where did you start finance and how did that role evolve into building your path to a treasurer position? 
Yes. So I joined AT&T when I graduated from college and uh, shortly thereafter, they announced Trivestiture. So I chose to go to Lucent and I was in their uh, finance rotation program. So that allowed me the experience to really work in several different areas. Uh, it was more of an FP&A type of role. I did work in treasury operations for six months. And then I ultimately had an opportunity to work overseas. And I spent a year in our manufacturing facility in Guadalajara, Mexico. So I really got to learn about different areas. I did touch accounting a little bit, cost accounting and uh but more of it was planning and uh, supporting the, the business, if you will. From there, I went on to internal audit. So I, I had the opportunity to really learn the business uh, in the different facets uh, from an operational perspective, which allowed me the opportunity to move to, to Brazil to do uh, some acquisition integration work. So it was really fun. I was not endeavoring uh, for a role in treasury, if you will. I wasn't on that path. It was really serendipity how I ended up in, in treasury. It was uh, really good luck, if you will. I, uh, I had moved back to the U.S. Uh, after my rotation was done in, in Brazil. I just was ready to come back home from a personal perspective, and I didn't really have an, a, a new role, if you will. And an opportunity presented itself in our treasury organization to, to support Latin America. I, I had the experience. I knew the people in Latin America. So I thought, okay, this is great. I can learn about FX. And uh, I was given the opportunity. And I mean, that was the beginning of my treasury career. And it's been well over 20 years that I've been in treasury. And it's been a lot of fun because every day in treasury feels like a new day given market dynamics. I, I, I spent a couple of years in, in treasury there at Lucent. I ultimately moved on to uh, Ascendant Corporation and that where I was doing FX and international treasury. So I, I got exposure to more of the international banking uh, world. Um, I, I did looked. I, I've always wanted to work in pharma. It just resonates with me. You, you're you're a part of saving people's lives. Um, so I, I did at some point begin a search, and I had an opportunity at both Johnson and Johnson and at Celgene. The opportunity at Celgene just seemed really compelling. It was a very small company with, uh, awaiting a, an FDA approval. So. You know, it, it turned into a blockbuster company. You know, it's it's one of those unicorns that you just never know. You're, you, I was incredibly lucky. So I had an opportunity to touch every single area in treasury, you know, from looking at clinical trial certificates to DNO policies, uh, establishing an FX hedging program, having the opportunity to, to transition to capital markets and, and issuing debt every few years, uh, working with rating agencies, working on long-term uh, financial planning. It was just a fantastic opportunity because it gave me the, the wherewithal to be able to step into this much bigger role uh, at BMS uh, a couple of years into the integration. So uh, I, I'm incredibly blessed to have had the experiences that I've had uh, and to be in the role that I'm in today. 
So tell us a little bit about how you got to that role. You and I spoke about that. It was a gutsy move. You went for what you wanted. So how how did that transition happen from assistant treasurer to treasurer role? Yes. So um, I was challenged that I do have mentors and I do have people that push me to to reach my potential. Sometimes I, I get in my own way. You know, there's a little bit of the imposter syndrome also that, you know, I, I, I do to myself. So I had someone that was really pushing me in the background, like you really need to schedule a meeting with your CFO. You really need to tell him that, you know, you want that treasurer job one day. And it, and it took me quite some time to build up the courage to put, uh, to request a meeting. And, you know, I had lots of insecurities about why would he want to spend, you know, 30 minutes with me? He, he's a busy person. Um, but ultimately I did, I, I followed through, I scheduled a meeting. I had a list of things that we were working on, uh, in treasury. I gave him an update and I, you know, and I did say, you know, I, I do have an interest in becoming treasurer at BMS when the time is right. So I would be excited and would love the opportunity. And, you know, maybe I was worried unnecessarily. He, he was very kind and he said, okay, okay. You know, it was a, a very nice conversation. Um, it did teach me that you have to sometimes ask for things or at least let people know what you would like. Um, and when the opportunity presents itself, you, you know, they, they may deliver for you. But, you know, maybe if I hadn't asked and if I hadn't said I have an interest, I might not be in this position so it's really important for us to all advocate for what we want because um, we all do own our careers. One of the things we have found out, having talked to many of your staff members who are members of my group, is that they absolutely enjoy working for you. And you said there's a focus on people within BMS. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the leadership style that you have developed and the importance of having that strong team? For me personally, trust is the foundation for everything. So having a team that you trust with integrity also as a foundation, when you have that, you can then just lean into each individual's strengths and just empower them, you know, to, to take the leadership in their individual areas, you know, make suggestions, execute. I empower them to make decisions, uh, bring me in as necessary. Of course, I love being in the details. I love treasury. I grew up doing the work. So I, I always want to be in the details, but I don't want to be so deep in the details that I'm going to be an impediment. I, I really do try to give them autonomy to do the right thing, to spread their wings and, and to do the right thing for the company and deliver value and, and manage risk. Uh, you know, I want everyone to have fun as well. This is we spend more time at work than we do at home within our personal lives. So uh, it, it's really about uh, well-being, having fun, delivering value, and doing the right thing for, for the company and for our patients and our shareholders. So having that strong team, I know, has enabled you to have a more balanced life. Uh, you mentioned having moved back from Brazil for some personal reasons. Um, as much as you, say you can, tell us a little bit about that aspect and the balance that you have managed to achieve. Yeah. So, you know, my family is my top priority and 
I think sometimes they've questioned whether that's true because of the amount of time and hours that I that I spend at work. But when I did return from Brazil, I, you know, I had parents, you know, I had my parents were older, or my father had already been diagnosed with dementia. We were already having some family challenges and I'm an only child. So I, I, I just needed to be more involved and closer to home to, to support my parents. In the meantime, I got engaged and, you know, I, I needed to build my own life and have a life and build a family. And uh, the only way to do that is to really come back uh, home. And I, I came to New Jersey and uh, I had met my husband overseas and we went through the entire process and he moved to, to New Jersey. And ultimately, you know, in time, we, we had our, our children and my children, you know, I have a 15 and 16 year old now and my, my, my kids are my top priority and it's really a challenge to to be involved actively in the, in in their lives and, and supporting them and being um, in all of their school activities. I, I, I failed in some respects when they were younger. I didn't have the time to go to the school parties and, and all of the things and, and be at all the dances at night. I, I just couldn't do that. I was so focused on doing well in my career. It's been a really, uh, it's really tough to, to balance. Um, but now, you know, in the position that I'm in and having a, a fantastic team that I can trust, I can step away. I can, I can take vacation time and I can actually say, okay, I have such a great team right now. I can actually leave my laptop at home. I can take my vacation. I'm accessible 24 seven on my iPhone and I will call in if necessary for a call, but I don't need to have my laptop to do Excel sheets or to do, or to work on PowerPoints. And, and that's huge to be able to, 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 to go away and to just trust the people that are, you know, on your team to deliver for the company. I can so relate to that. I'm still working on not taking my laptop on vacations, but I'm making much progress. So kudos to you on, on, on that part. So um, just kind of a final question, having gone through so many treasury roles and built your career on that, um, as well as handling some of the issues like you mentioned, the imposter syndrome, um, and the family balance, what would be your advice to other women in finance who are looking to advance their career but maintain that life-work balance? It's hard for me to give people advice because I've learned everything, you know, stumbling through things. The one thing I will say is sometimes we focus a lot on the promotion and, and we stress over it. And and what I've come to realize is things come at the right time when it's your turn. And, you know, I, I did sacrifice my family when I was when they when my children were younger. And, and I do have some regrets because I do think that I could have spent a little bit more time. I could have balanced my family and my work better. And I didn't. It's just, you know, it, it does require uh, discipline. And I think each of us has to just think and prioritize 
and, and, and focus on living life a little bit more. And, and that is something I struggle with every day. Um, you know, I, I just work late nights every day this week. So clearly I, I am not, you know, a master of this, but I'm very cognizant that we need to step back and, and, and figure out how to take care of ourselves because um, our health is really important. Um, and if we can't, if we're not healthy, we're not going to be able to take care of everyone else around us, be it family or our teams. So I guess my advice is prioritize, take care of yourself, and everything will fall into place in its right time. It's great advice. Thank you. I want to thank you for participating, being on our podcast. It was a pleasure speaking with you as always. Thank you, Nelly. This was really fun. Uh, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Neugroup's Strategic Finance Lab podcast. Please join us next time for more insights about the future of finance in the office of the CFO. I'm Anthony Michaels, editor of Neugroup Insights. Insights.